Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for February 23 is Numbers chapters 1 and 2. Why do you think God created the Bible in this way? Why did he lead people to record these specific numbers and names? of all of the things from ancient history that he could have recorded and preserved for us. Why this? It all has a purpose. It's very interesting to note as you count up the numbers of the different tribes and how they were arrayed around the center tabernacle with the Levites around the tabernacle, preventing the people from getting too close. The shape of a cross was created by the ranks of the Israelites as they encamped. Now, isn't it interesting that thousands of years prior to Jesus coming and dying on a cross, before crucifixion was even a thing, in the generation of the very first Passover, God, in his sovereignty, as he stands outside of time and writes his story, a cross emerges in the wilderness. I find it fascinating that the Israelites themselves likely didn't even realize that they were in the shape of a cross. There was no aerial view. Do you ever look back on your own life and see things that you have done from a new perspective now that you've learned so much, now that you've grown so much as a person, you look back at the things that you did that you didn't even understand, but now you kind of get it with a little bit more clarity. When God tells us to do things, a lot of times we don't understand, and yet there is a purpose in it. He is displaying his glory through us all the time. I find it interesting that the Levites were not counted in the military. They had a job to do. They were set apart. They were to protect the people from transgressing against Yahweh. They had a ministry to Yahweh by setting up and tearing down the tabernacle and transporting it and making sure people didn't come too close. They created a barrier between God and the common people, if you could use that phrase. What if we as a royal priesthood today saw our role as being a people who were set apart in order to protect others from transgressing against the Most Holy God and bringing guilt upon themselves? What if we viewed our job as ministering to Yahweh by doing as Abraham did when he said, Surely, God, you wouldn't destroy the city if there were just five righteous people in it? Or as Moses did when he said, Surely, God, you won't destroy these people and ruin your own legacy. Or as Jesus did, where he said, God, I will go and die for them. Punish me instead. These men loved people. Even the people who didn't deserve it. Even the people who 
were guilty of sin like you and me. And yet, anyway, God has lavished his love upon us. It is mind-boggling. But if God wants us to be friends with him as those men were, including Jesus, who is the Son of God, of course, but in his humanity, he is a friend of the Father, and he calls us his friends. If we then are friends of God, how can we walk that out in a manner that is pleasing to him? Friends are not servants. Sons are not slaves. If we are heirs, indeed, as scripture says, then we have a higher calling to carry on the legacy of our Father who is in heaven. God in his kindness has given us the ability to rise up to a higher plane, to represent him, but also to plead for the people around us to protect them from his wrath by begging God to have mercy on them. Who in your family or your community or your workplace are you praying for, asking God to have mercy on, that God would soften their hearts and draw them close? If indeed we are the royal priesthood of God, then surely we have a calling to be intermediaries, ministers of reconciliation, as the Levites were, in a spiritual sense. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for being on this journey with me. We'll see you tomorrow.